I'm taking the energy. I'm I'm really really tired. I uh, I stayed up late to watch Queen Latifah's new show on CBS. Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> Queen Latifah. Oh my God. I hate Queen Latifah. Where the CIA needs her back. You were the best they ever had. They need you back. I'm like, oh my God, who's going to watch this garbage? I finally joined uh, Twitch. I was having fun with Twitch yesterday. Just shit-talking while I was playing um, my Golf Clash game. And uh, it's kind of weird because I haven't uh, promoted my Twitch, so my videos get like 10 views. <laughs> That's all right, though. And then I, I guess I'm going to want to live stream with the Twitch as well, with the Facebook, you know? Mix it all up. Why not? Good morning. All right, what's up, Marty Peacock? Cute dog, Jessica Hudson. You're seeing my dog for the first time? The dog that won't leave me alone literally will follow me all morning long until he gets a few things done. It follows me until I let it out to pee and poo. It follows me until I let it stay out so it can sniff around uh, and try to find the neighbor's dog, which is a very old female dog that he wants to hump. Uh, he's accomplished it a couple times, and this poor dog, I've said it, is very, very close to having little wheelies for its back legs. And my dog don't care, man. He's all about it. And then uh, he follows me around until I give him some kind of a treat. And then he follows me around until I give him uh, breakfast. And then he follows me around when it's time to live stream. He just uh, proves that he don't give a shit about you. And I'm taking him for a walk yesterday. Pristine snow. No one else has walked on this snow. And wouldn't you know, the damn dog finds the only dead thing buried in the snow. And then starts rubbing his body uh, all over this dead bird. And then grabs it. And then, like, it's to the point I can't, I can't catch him anymore. So I just got to deal with it. I got to deal with him with a dead bird in his mouth. And he wants me to chase him and try to get the bird out of his mouth. K. Andrew Rogers with the good morning. Good morning. Minus 51 Fahrenheit. Gavin Fitzpatrick, minus 51 Fahrenheit here in Edmonton last night. Pucks at the longest hockey game in the world were shattering like glass plates. Gavin, I think, were you um, tweeting that yesterday? Because someone else tweeted that to me. I couldn't believe that was real. Actual hockey pucks were shattering because it was that cold. Is that possible? He was using the bird as a chew toy. Yeah, no kidding, Jesse Hill. It's just disgusting that this dog uh, loves the smell of death and just started rubbing his entire body on the dead bird. And then he comes in the house and he and he smells so fucking bad. I don't know why uh, dogs love uh, the smell of death. Maybe that's why he rubs up and down against me because he smells that my career's dead. <laughs> I'm sure there's at least one hater in here. I wanted to beat them to the punch. I can't find you on the Twitch. Jessica Hudson says, well, "I didn't. I didn't give out my uh, my uh, my handle. Is that is that what they say? Their handles? It's like CB Radio, right? That Twitch. 
it's kind of fun because I, I like playing this golf clash. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely be uh, twitching my my golf clash games for now on. I'll probably do it right after I, I finish here because it's so much fun. I think it's in, instinct to cover their own scent. Uh, Paul Spinella says. I don't know what it is. I I I just I just talk in broad terms. I think it's just fucking gross and creepy. I mean, there's logic behind it, but I don't need to know that. Oh, my God, you're stuck in the 70s, Benjamin Tucker says. Why? I got a CB handle for the Twitch. Oh, Jessica Hudson goes, so I can watch you on Twitch. Let's get the numbers up. So I just signed up as Opie is live on Twitch. Mike Anthony, miss you on Sirius, Ope. Sorry. That shit had to end, man. Sometimes I go to myself, maybe I should have behaved more and played their game. But I think it was just time to end it. I like blowing things up. I was bored over there. Although the show I was doing, I really loved. But there was too much, like, uh, I don't know, bad blood that preceded putting that great show together. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to take chances and, and not give a shit about anything. Thus then why I walked into Howard Stern's area. And boy, was he a bitch about it. Jessica Hudson, I'm your first Twitch follower, all right? You can just watch me play Golf Clash until I figure out what to do with the Twitch. It's just a nightmare because I got, I got, I got, uh, what's the other, what's the other social media that the kids are, uh, are all about? Where they all do the dancing, the TikTok. I got some TikTok videos, but I quickly learned that that shit is for teenagers and college chicks. I am out of place on the TikTok. Who's holding the camera, Michael J. Fox? Well, I decided I'm going to pump up my shit. If I'm going to go after Joe Rogan, I got I to pump up my shit. So I got a, uh, you're not going to believe this, but I got an iPad holder from Amazon, thanks to Mason, who might be in the room right now. Mason's helping me with some shit. Oh, no, you called me Boathead. Oh, my God, you're Boathead, Coma Jim? You got hit by a boat or something. You were telling this story. And we, we just, I think, right? Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I don't know what I was doing back then. So I got an iPad holder coming. But see, I can't hold it the other way because I'm, I'm always touching microphones. You know what I realized very recently after messing up a couple live streams because I was touching the microphones? I realized that there wasn't two microphones. There were four, two on each side. Who knew? So wherever I put my stupid, greasy, clumsy fingers, I was touching a microphone. So that ruined part of the Jackie the Joke Man live stream. That ruined a lot of the Pat Duffy live stream. Uh, that ruined a little bit of the Judd live stream. So now I got the iPad precariously on the top of a chair and I'm holding it with two fingers on the top of the iPad until my iPad holder comes. And guess what? You're not going to believe this. I also you might want to sit down for this. You might want to sit down. I also ordered a microphone. Let's hear it, people. These morning sessions look much better on an iPad than a phone, Tommy Chesh says. Well, that's why I'm late because I forgot to charge my iPad. And as we also know, my phone, which has been my trusty phone for a few years now, it fell in the middle of the night. And, of course, it lands exactly on the camera lens on the back of the camera, putting a giant hole there. 
the camera still works, but it doesn't know what the fuck to focus on. So I wake up, I'm all excited. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm doing these earlier and earlier because the sun comes up earlier and earlier. I grab my iPad, I try to turn it on and it's like, uh, you have no battery. And I'm like, shit. And then for whatever reason, we have 10 iPad chargers in the house and none of them actually charge the iPad at a uh, efficient rate. So I'm sitting at 17% with the thing plugged in because I finally found a cord. Is this too much information? Uh, and I finally found a, a iPad charger with a long cord. So I'm plugged in, bitches. Uh, so I upgraded to my iPad. I uh, don't put my greasy fingers on the microphones anymore. But now we get this because of that, because I'm just holding it with two fingers, balancing it on the top of a chair. So now I'm going to build like something that goes up really high. So we see over that railing and we can just see the beach and the sun. And then I'm going to put my iPad uh, very comfortably in an iPad holder. I'm going to plug in a microphone. And somewhere around, I'm thinking March, I'm going to finally have this figured out. <laughs> a small desk at the sliding glass door is next. How did you know, Tommy Chesh? I, I've actually, I've, I've been eyeing a few things in my house that I'm going to move right over. I might set it. I'm gonna set it up where uh, actually, eventually, when I get that uh, really nice camera, I'm gonna actually put myself on camera, and then in the background, it's gonna be the glorious sun coming up. That's my goal, but that ain't happening until I would say at least April, maybe May. <laughs> Coma Jim, I was in a boat. The steering broke on our boat, and another boat came up and collided into the back of our boat. And the bow of the boat smashed into the back of my head, knocking me out and putting me in a coma for three years or three Uwara. Was it three years or three Uwaras? Oh, my God. I do remember you. And then we made fun of that? I'm starting to think I was a terrible person back in the day. No, I'm just kidding. Don't really have regrets. I justified a lot of the stuff because I was like, this is entertainment like anything else you would watch, like a movie, a TV show, or anything else. People are like, how can you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to entertain an audience. I, I just assume people don't think I'm like actually a mean person. I assumed that, which was really, really stupid. How's Wheeze? Jamie uh, Marie D. I guess we're just doing a very casual, chill one today. Just kind of answering questions. Well... I don't know if you officially ever beat the coronavirus, but he's well on his way to beating the coronavirus, which is unbelievable. He lost 30 pounds. He was in really, really bad shape. His oxygen uh, levels were very, very low. He got the antibodies treatment. And uh, I think that might have saved his life, but I'm not a doctor. And he's been back on the radio at full strength for the last almost weak sounds amazing it's unbelievable with this guy in his 70s survived three marriages he's on his third marriage and his third marriage is uh is the one so i shouldn't say survived three marriages but i guess even if you're if you're married and you're happy i guess officially you're surviving marriage considering everyone else gets divorced right so all right i'm gonna go with survived three marriages and one of them made it really really hurt by the way he uh, did two or three tours of duty in Vietnam, and he wasn't one of these desk guys. He was out in the jungle. 
He was flying helicopters. He was the real deal. He actually went back to Vietnam because he was having so much fun. He famously tells me that. Uh, saw a photo of Weez yesterday. He looks good. He, he lost 25 or 30 pounds, though, uh, Mike Fertini. So he went to Vietnam two or three times, survived that. Three marriages, survived that. Survived cancer right between his eyes, basically, in his uh, nasal passage, a very rare cancer that he probably got from his time in Vietnam, to be honest with you. Uh, what else? And then he's got other medical issues because, you know, he might have uh, shot drugs back in the day, like the big drugs, the scary ones. So he's got some other issues. And uh, the motherfucker rocked the coronavirus. He was even trying to do shows when he was in the middle of fighting that, just like he was doing shows in the middle of fighting his uh, his cancer. So he's doing good, man. Thanks for asking. That guy means a lot to me. So you're saying Weez is indestructible? Well, now that I said that, Rachel, he's probably going to get hit by a car or something today. But look, even if that happens, this motherfucker has proven he's got a lot of lives. Billy! Hey, Opie! Billy DeTore is uh, a friend of mine from Rochester, New York. Um, he was uh, Brother Weez's producer for a million fucking... How, how long did you work with Brother Weez? I worked at CMF for about eight years, and then they let me go, and I worked at a factory for about 10 years, and I went to uh, iHeart, which was a different company when I went there, but uh, for about 10 years. So oh, wow. total about 18 years, but I've known them now like 28 years now. So how, how has it been since uh, being let go from Brother Weezer's show? It kind of sucks, obviously. <laughs> I, I, I miss it. I miss the radio. Yeah. I don't miss the... Uh, the horseshit from management and stuff, but you know, I miss being on the radio and I miss my friends, you know, Weez and Deanna and Paulie owns a factory now, so he's yeah, out of radio, but yeah, Paulie's another guy that used to work for Weez and his sauce company took off and he's like, fuck this radio shit. We don't, mm -hmm. he doesn't need to do that anymore. It, it's kind of sad because I think Brother Weez is pretty much the last radio guy doing this. I, I don't, I can't think of anyone else that's doing traditional radio. Uh, and I think when Weez is done, that I think that's it. I think he's the one that has to turn off the lights. He might be. He's the last of the original guys and the one that's really good at doing what he does. So Yeah, I was just listening to him before I turned on my live stream this morning. I think we could almost say that he beat the fucking coronavirus, Billy. It's amazing. He's beat cancer. He's had heart problems. He's had more issues than any. No, he was in Vietnam too. Two or three tours of Vietnam. Uh, bad marriages. Don't forget about bad that. Bad marriages. <laughs> one of my favorite stats is at one point he was paying more alimony than Elvis. Really? Is that true? Yeah, that's true. I knew the number, and I'm an Elvis fan, so I knew his number, too. Right. So Weez was paying more than Elvis at one point. Oh, my. Yeah, she, uh, without getting into details, one of his exes really, really made it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> really made it hurt, my God. Um, you got to tell me a good weed story. One real quick one, like 30 seconds. It's one of my favorite things ever yeah. is that uh, one time his lawnmower wasn't working and his co-host uh, had a handyman for a husband. So he gave it to her, see if he could fix it, and then she could keep the lawnmower. It was out of gas. 
That was it. That, that makes me laugh that Wee's just never even checks to see if it was out of gas. You've known the guy for, uh, I, I don't know, 25, 30 years, and that's your best Wee <laughs> No, that's not my best one. That's just the, the quick warm-up. Okay. This is my favorite one because it's me and him. Okay. It was after the show one day. Well, no, let me start. A, a couple days previously, Wee's had invited a lady up into the studio because he was like you guys where – like random people could just show up. Yeah. And uh, a lady wrote an email making fun of Polly one day. So we said, Hey, this chick's funny and Deanna's going to be off. Let's have her come up. So she comes up, you know, she's all right on the radio. Uh, but a couple days later, he gets a message from her asking if she can meet him after the show. She, if she can take him to lunch or meet him somewhere after the show, because she wants to talk to him. Yeah. So he says, what, well, why don't you come on up to the studio after the show and chat? Because, you know, Weez doesn't want to meet strangers out anywhere or, you know, use his time. So this lady shows up and she's in the studio and Weez goes, I got to go talk to someone. I'll be right back. So this lady sits on the couch and she's looking up at the TV and she starts crying. The view is on the TV. I don't know what she's crying about. I go, are you okay? Yeah. And she babbled something wheeze comes back and it turns out uh she wanted to, she wanted to know if she could be a sidekick on the radio wow can, can i get hired yeah and wheeze points at me and goes i'm lucky this kid's getting paid yeah <laughs> and so uh she's well what would you talk she goes i got a lot of things to talk about i'd be great on the radio and well what would you talk about and she starts talking about catholic priests banging little boys and then she starts getting agitated and starts screaming and crying. And, you know, and Weez has that skull in the studio. She picks that up and she wants to like hit us with it. Oh and my then she God. Goes, then she goes to the board, which is dead. The board was in automation at the time. No, just playing music. She tries to turn the board on to get, I want to go on the radio. I need to go on the radio. Play that. And she's screaming and crying. I, I run up. I, I'm trying to get security. I'm trying to figure out what to do. I go back downstairs. She's still back to the studio. She's crying. Meanwhile, security's been called. Police have been called. I want uh, one of the other hosts from another station in the cluster comes in. He tries to calm her down. She starts going nuts, and I wind up putting her in a full Nelson. Oh my god! Really? Yeah, and Weez is trying, honey, honey, you can't do that, and he's freaking out. Yeah. And the police wind up getting called, and they lead her away in in handcuffs. So the police are talking to Weez and I and getting the story, and they take us down to, like, this area down near the basement that we didn't even know about. We walk past this little room where she's in handcuffs, like, on her stomach, and she sees us. I'm going to fucking kill you guys. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> wow. So we wind up giving the police report. She winds up getting taken away in an ambulance to the mental hospital. Yeah. And we and I have to give a police report. And eventually, the the chick's sister shows up to get her purse and uh, and coat because she never got that. And she's uh, turns out this chick was off her meds, and only Weeze and he still to this day just invites random strangers yeah. up 
to the place. He's had people call and threaten him. He's, I forgot about Billy the Convict. You know the Billy the Convict story, don't you? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. You might have to refresh my memory on the, that one. He left jail. He got out of jail one day. First thing he did was take a bus to Rochester because he loved listening to Weeze. Luckily, this guy was on our side, but. He waited outside the building, and because, you know, some popular radio shows sometimes get some food yeah. and stuff, like a, a, a restaurant showed up with some food, and he got in by helping them carry it in. This guy was drunk. He looked like Hillbilly Jim from the WWE. <laughs> with that stupid two-by-four. And so he's in there, and he wouldn't leave the studio. One of the sales guys had to give him his Walkman to get him to leave. Wow. And he wound up going around Rochester, hanging out at the tattoo shop for a while. And yeah. It turned out he was a nice guy, but Weeze just has a habit of inviting people up who sometimes good radio, sometimes great radio. But also an equal chance of being crazy. And I can relate to that because my dad was very trusting as well. And mm -hmm. uh, we started taking in tenants at our house and he would find these guys at the local bars and stuff. And he felt like he needed to help them. And so we had like uh, crazy Vietnam vets mm -hmm. living in our in our house and, and everything in between. And, and it was fucking scary. And my dad would try to say, no, he's OK. He just needs a little. He needs a little break in life, and we're like, fuck, man. But now we're scared shitless for our lives as we go to bed at night. Yeah, were you guys ever scared of the people that showed up on the radio, whether it was a homeless guys or? or uh, uh, well, uh, uh, certainly, yes. That's why yeah. we had lots of security. I mean, we weren't stupid, you know. We kind of like Weez, we let everybody up into the uh, show as well. But we had two, like, hardcore security guards. We had metal detectors. Yeah. I know you had like Master Poe and Kenny. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, we had me. <laughs> and well, that's the problem. No that's offense. the problem. I mean, if you got someone like Weeze who wants to invite everyone on the radio, you got to kind of pump up your security a little bit because every once in a while you'll get someone that's a little, a little too uh, nuts. Yeah, uh, I remember the first day I ever listened to you. Strangely enough, was the day you had the the subway shooter guy. I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, Bernie Getz. Bernie Getz. Yeah, the first nice. the first day I listened, to you guy got my XM radio, plugged it in, turned on you guys, and there's Bernie Getz, and you break his CD or whatever, <laughs> and <laughs> things got scary. Oh. This is a show I got to listen to. I, I swear to you, that day the story's been told many times, and there's definitely um, some audio online if people want to search it out, but. Uh, when he ran out of the studio after I broke his CD and said, you motherfucker, his voice you motherfucker. that's a pretty good impression of what it, what he sounded in that moment. And then he ran out of the studio for a gym bag that he brought with him. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I, no, no joke, Billy. I was like, oh, my God, did he bring a gun mm -hmm. with him? Uh, and, and then I think he realized that for whatever reason, he couldn't bring a gun that day mm -hmm. because then he was pissed and ran back into the studio with nothing. And I was like, oh, thank God. Bill Burr was in studio that day. Uh, yep. I'll never forget it. And, and the fact is, I, uh, I I didn't break his CD. I did the old uh, switcheroo. Yep. So it worked out perfectly that he didn't see that I switched out his mm -hmm. prized possession uh, CD of music for, uh, mm -hmm. for a fake CD. But that was a scary fucking moment, man. Bernie, what are you doing? Bernie? Of Osmo. It's right here. It's right here. Right here. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait. No, 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 no. You gotta go out of, the, out of the machine. Yeah, sit down, Bernie. It's in the thing. No, it's, right. it's right there. Oh, yeah, yeah sit there. down. I'll get it to you. We're, no, just, we're gonna just... say goodbye to you. <clears throat> wow. But... You rule, Bernie. Bernie. No.
No, no this, you do. This it. one, right? It says um on the front. Oh, what are you, motherfucker? <laughs> Tony, uh, both of you asking for trouble. Tony. Oh, he's coming over. Oh, Bernie, Bernie, sit down. Sit down. Oh, my God. Wait. I, 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 he's really mad. He's really you mad. Pissed. You pissed off Bernie guys. All right, get over there. Get over there. It's getting hot in here. It's getting, it's getting hot, hot in here. here. It's getting real hot Bernie, in here. Bernie, you don't have to take that. You don't have to take that, Bernie. All right, sit down. Stand up for your rights, Bernie. Take the CD out. I mean, yeah, fuck you. Keep your CD. I won't be here again. Bernie! 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 Bernie's leaving. Oh, man. Do you got his CD? Give him his CD. Oh, you wait, wait. Bring it back in. Give him his CD. No, we'll explain what happened. We'll explain what happened. Bring it back in. Bernie! Come. Oh, okay. he's going into his bag. Holy shit. He's going into a bag. No, he's at Bernie. It's okay. He's Bernie, we got the CD. We got the CD. Bernie. Oh, he's pissed. Oh my wait, God, wait follow him out. out with a follow him out with the cell phone. Make sure he knows we never. It was a fake CD. No, follow him out with the cell phone. Oh, Obi took a fake. It wasn't his CD. And <laughs> oh, wasn't his CD? It. No, and of course he lost not. His mind. Oh, Holy, he was shit. pissed. Lord. He I was. Think we, really... I think we saw some of that rage. Yeah. That was that rage. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was it. That was yeah. like like one of those bad court dramas on TV right, where yeah. the guy finally snaps. Finally on the cracks stand. him. The lawyer cracks. All right, I did it. See. And I I have to blame you, Opie. You almost got me fired one day. Yeah, you and Anthony and Jimmy. Remember, it was like October, and you guys made fun of another radio DJ in town. Uh-huh. And you've mentioned that you felt bad about this. percent. You and and I get it, but that segment was so fun. You you guys were on Weezy's show, and you did a set about this other DJ who I'm not going to mention, and it really really hurt her feelings. But the set, which we didn't know until later, but. It was a super funny set. Yeah. And one day when Weez was on vacation, a few months later, I replayed it. I was in charge of, you know, doing the best of and stuff. And Weez was so pissed. He called me up. He he was furious. And I get oh, yeah. rightfully so. I tried defending myself. You know, you're on vacation. <laughs> we got to play. We got to play the funny stuff, the right. stuff people like. But. God, he was pissed, and you know that that just shows the heart Weez has. He, sure. he, he didn't want to hurt anybody, and I didn't either. I just wanted to play something funny and needed yeah. to fill twenty minutes. So. Well, well, the thing about that bit, and I act, absolutely want to apologize to her, but I've been, uh, I, I think I've been too scared to reach out because mm-hmm. it was such a brutal October. Uh, Weez, like I, I learned a lot from Weez. He's my mentor, but um, I, I certainly do radio differently than Weez, and that's sort of what you got to do. You got to learn from people that came before you, and then make it your own, right? And carve mm-hmm. your own little niche and uh, your own little show out. Which I, I, uh, I will brag and say I did just that. Uh, but I had such a great teacher with Weez. Uh, Weez left me alone, man. He never, he loved. Well, he still loves uh, what I do, and I uh, love the radio show I did with Anthony and whatnot and all the other versions of it. 
and he never ever spoke up. That was the only time he spoke up, and he was he made me feel really bad. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's like, yeah, bruh, you know, I never, you know, I I never uh, give you feedback on what you do because he he did he didn't really like a lot of the mean stuff I did over the years. Yeah, and, he'd get mad at me if I came in and mentioned something that yeah, he thought yeah, yeah. was too mean. So how and, can you how can you like that? It's funny, made me laugh. But but I respect him so much when he came to me and said, uh, "Bruh, man, I you know," and he told me how wrong that was and stuff. And mm-hmm. and you know, I know it was funny and all. I felt so bad that to this day, I definitely want to uh, to apologize to her. Is she still on the radio up there? Yeah, she is. They they've I, moved her around a little. They put her in afternoons for a while. Now she's back in the mornings, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had some health problems too, which I also feel oh, bad about. Jesus, so. don't, oh Christ! <laughs> uh, October was the heart of ONA. Bill Marchant says, "Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have any regrets because I think, I think, and you know, Billy, because you worked with one yep. of the best shows out there. That there's a lot of really bad radio shows, like really fucking bad. So I." I didn't feel bad that we did the whole Jacktober bit, certainly. I don't know if I would do it nowadays, but... Uh, oh, speaking of crazy people. So you mentioned uh, those two crazy people on... on yeah. You know, they came into Weezy's life, mm-hmm. and, the, and then you mentioned Bernie Getz. You gotta... What do you know about... Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Showcroft, the, the serial killer. Oh, Ar- Arthur Shawcross? Yeah. So he was a notorious uh, serial killer out of the Rochester area. I mean... His numbers were pretty fucking impressive, Billy. Yeah, yeah, he killed what 12, 13 hookers right or, around town. Uh turns out that uh a bunch of he had been in jail a bunch of years earlier for a different murder. Uh got out and there was a guy that used to work at at CMF and maybe you were around at the time. Do you know a guy named Marty Duda? Oh no, I know I know all the players and I uh <clears throat> I can honestly say I don't remember ever meeting Arthur, mm-hmm. but the odds are pretty good that I was at the same party or the same room with him because that that was the time I was up at uh, WCMF. Yeah, because Marty Duda, who is a, a radio guy, lives in like New Zealand now, but at the time in Rochester, uh, used to have Arthur Shawcross babysit his kids. He was known as Uncle Artie yeah. to his kids. Yeah. And, you know, he went on and, and was this, uh, a terrible serial killer here in town. And so. what was scary, uh, people said that he seemed like a normal, nice guy. They always yep. say that, right? Yeah. But um, he hung around uh, WCMF a lot. He went to a lot of the appearances. And uh, so I, I, I don't know, but uh, that, that's fucking creepy as shit. And Marty, because of that, some people think is the reason why he moved to New Zealand. It's possible. He got got so freaked out by the Mm -hmm. fact that a serial killer used to babysit his kids. Yeah. Uncle Artie. I assume you watched the documentary. Oh, David O'Neill says, yes, I did. It was really strange how kind of normal he was. And they had some prison interviews, although he was, uh, some of those interviews were intense. And then, then his kids were visiting him in jail and it seemed like he had a normal relationship with his own kids. The whole thing was just fucking sick and creepy, man. Mm-hmm. So people want to know why you're talking into a wiffle ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they can see me. Jeez, I would have done something with my hair. 
Well, they're, they're making hair dryer jokes too, Billy. But oh, it's I'm, I just got up, and this is the best I could do with my bedhead. No problem. Uh, it's, it's the microphone's called the snowball. Yeah, they're they're animals. Trust me, you know. No, that I, by now. Oh, I know that was one of them. Five uh, documentaries that people should see, whether they're music or otherwise. And I know we're supposed to do uh, a little a little episode on the last waltz. I want to get you and my friend Judd Jones to just do a, a, a podcast episode on the last waltz. Cause uh, you know, that one pretty well. Oh, the last waltz is amazing. Another concert from the talking head. Stop making sense. Yes. Although I, although I, I talked about this with Vic Kelly, one of the last um, times I hung out with Vic, as far as the podcast goes, I feel like that uh, documentary doesn't hold up though. Really? I just watched it a few you know, months ago. I think it absolutely does. I mean, the music certainly holds up, but the filming of it, uh, not so much. And I also remember uh, his suit being way bigger in my in my head. That was only one segment where he had the big suit. Right. So it, it wasn't through the whole show. But no, no. T- to me, I, the thing I love about it is that there was maybe one audience cutaway. It wasn't just... A, a constant uh, sort of switching of cameras. It's so dizzying. You can't watch it. I yeah. love that. It follows the stage and the show and yeah. it's an amazing performance. But. I, I still love it. I mean, I saw David Byrne on uh, Broadway. It was one of the last things I did in public before we, uh, we escaped New York yeah. city and uh, Oh my God. And then it made me go back and watch stop making sense. So that might be the reason to go from current David Byrne doing another yeah. Broadway show type of uh, thing and then uh, watching Stop Making mm-hmm. Sense. Uh, another documentary, and I don't know if you've seen this one, Opie. Have you seen Spellbound, the Spelling Bee documentary? You turned me on to that. You know what? I just realized you turned me on to that a year or two ago, and I forgot all about that. I it's gotta... one of my favorite, favorite movies. Why? It's funny. It's exciting. Yeah. You ne- it's emotional. You'd never expect it from you know, following a bunch of kids at the Spelling Bee, but it's so good. It's one of my really favorite movies. So, All right. Spellbound. I got to check Spellbound. that out. Do you got one more? March of the Penguins is really good. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Strangely enough, we yeah. we did hours on that dumb documentary back in the day. Uh, the penguins and their stupid eggs. All of a sudden, an egg rolls uh, from uh, beneath their feet, and the two penguins just stare at it. They don't know what to do. <laughs> it's so precarious. <laughs> that dumb egg. I, I saw it at the theater. I, I can't believe I love this movie. Yeah. So. Well, I think it's because, uh, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman was the uh, narrator, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's a huge yeah, part that's, of it. Yeah, that's why I think yeah. his voice was so soothing mm-hmm. that it made you watch peng- penguins marching for hours on end. And then they finally get an egg and it rolls away. And they just lose their minds. <laughs> and you're the one that turned me on to that uh, stand-up comedy uh, five-part documentary. On a, the one, one on the Comedy Store. Oh, the Comedy Store documentary series was really good. Yeah. They, they could have done so many more episodes with that thing. I'm yeah. surprised they only did five, but uh, that was really, really good. Yes. Thank you for, for having me on, Opie. Uh, no problem, Billy. It's I a pleasure. It. I just think you, you shouldn't have uh, led with the Wheeze uh, running out of gas lawnmower Oh, story. but that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> when I think he gave away a lawnmower because it ran out of gas, it just right. makes me laugh. Opie, you're a music fan. Yeah. Uh, live stream. Check out a band called Low Cut Connie. They live stream every Saturday night on Facebook, and you'll love them. 
seriously kind of- you'll it, it's like a rock and roll he plays covers plays his own band you know, he plays his own stuff uh he's a high energy piano player picture like springsteen and billy joel combined and kind of hard to explain but it's one of my favorite bands out there right now uh combination Brent- soul rock and roll well tommy chesh uh says great band uh he knows good he knows they're out uh, of philly and he broadcasts from his from his house every uh saturday night well i got i got some love for philly so i definitely gotta check that out do you um do you and your wife still cook uh homemade meals for these uh bands when they come through town well obviously uh, not as much because of the coronavirus but yeah yeah we do uh adam ezra group uh out of boston we became friends with them so my wife always cooks for them when they come through town and <laughs> That's awesome. You're such a good they, guy. Well, I'm really, even though I'm on the radio, I'm like the shy guy who would just go to the show. My wife is really outgoing and makes yeah. friends with people and and gets uh, people to trust us. So There you go. Give me one thing about the last waltz as you leave. Okay. Uh, the Muddy Waters performance uh, was just shot on one camera. Everyone else was changing film at the time, and this one camera kept rolling. And literally ran out of film the second Muddy Waters finished. Oh, my God. Otherwise, that wouldn't have been captured on, on film. What, what, who if you look, it? it's one steady shot yeah. of Muddy Waters instead but, of switching cameras. But who thought it was a good idea to not record Muddy Waters? Um, I'd have to go with Martin Scorsese. but Well, Martin Scorsese is an idiot. <laughs> Check out the Fran Lebowitz documentary he did. That's a five or six parter on Netflix. Uh, she's a humorist and a writer, obviously, and she's an old salt that lived in New York City since the 70s. And she's really, really funny. And I said this on a live stream a couple of days ago. Martin Scorsese has all these weird tics and will just start laughing uncontrollably out of nowhere and then stop on a dime because I think he's thinking I think I, I'm supposed to laugh at this moment because uh, he's always thinking about how it's going to look on film. Uh, he's he's strange, man. I'm obsessed with watching him as Fran Lebowitz is talking in this documentary series on uh, on Netflix. I think it's called uh, oh something about a city. Ah, eh, whatever. You'll you'll find it. But that's a really good recommendation as well. And if you haven't read Levon Helm's book, This Wheel's on Fire, Levon Helm hated the last walls. Was he just trying to be cool by saying that? No, he he never thought the band that the whole thing with the band breaking up after Last Walls was Robbie's idea and. Yeah. Levon thought Robbie was screwing the band and making yeah. him lose money. So he never liked, he thought if you watch it, you know, there's a lot of close ups of Robbie and the guests, but not as many of the other band members. So he thought it was basically a vanity project I, for I, Robbie Robertson. A hundred percent. I believe that to be true. That was Robbie Robertson's film. He was all primped out and looking like a rock star and everyone else was like just down and dirty. The guy mm-hmm. had makeup and wardrobe and, Levon Helms is just singing his ass off and uh, and looking like, like a denim shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm with Levon on that. But uh, the night they drove old Dixie down, I will say it again because you mentioned his name, could be the greatest vocal performance live I've ever seen in my life, yeah. whether I was at the show or seen it on the TV. And who would have thought one of the greatest American rock and roll bands would be four guys from Canada and a guy from arkansas yeah exactly all right billy we're babbling uh yes this we was, are this was a lot of fun man enjoy your day all right my thank friend. you Obi. you too appreciate all it. right there you go billy detori uh hold on
I almost banned you. Oh, my God. I don't want to ban him. Remove him from stream. There you go. Another little surprise guest. Uh, that was really, really cool. I like that a lot. Uh, I didn't get to see a lot of comments today because I was focused on talking to Billy, but it looks like everyone's good. Uh, didn't he get in a bad accident, then proceed to go boating, Rachel says. Um, excuse me. He almost killed me after I signed a... Uh, oh, God. I mean, the story. Everyone, most people know the story, but... Uh, I finally got it done, and we were going to get uh, syndicated all over the country with the radio show, which means nothing now when you talk about syndication because now anyone could turn on their shit and they're broadcasting to the world, basically. But there was a time, man, you had a fight with radio companies, and, and you, you had to tell them, look, this show's good. Put us in other markets. And uh, the more markets they put you in, the more money you make. That was the deal. And uh, after, I don't know, three years, three years of trying, they finally syndicated the Opie and Anthony show all over the country. And we were making decent money up to that point. Decent. But the syndication money was insane. And I'll, look, <sighs> it was millions. And I just signed the contract. And I decided to go to Rochester to celebrate with Brother Weeze. And we were going to go on a big boat trip across a. Uh, Ontario Lake to the other side, hanging some of those tiny little uh, uh, towns and harbors on uh, the Canadian uh, shoreline. Uh, beautiful, by the way. A lot of times you just hang out in your boat. You don't even really go into town because the, the parties where everybody else is uh, docked with their boats because they're all going there to just kind of hang out and party. So you just go up and down and socialize with everybody else that has a boat. I miss those fucking days. And uh, what's Twitch? Jamie Marie D says, it's what the kids uh, live stream when they're doing their gaming. And I decided to join the uh, Twitch community so I could play my golf clash and shit talk. It's uh, Opie is live on Twitch. And then I'm going to add Twitch to the live stream very, very soon. But anyway, I don't want to tell the whole story again, but basically signed the contract, flew to Rochester to have this amazing boat trip. And uh, the details are on a past episode, but basically, Rachel, uh, we decided to take a left because we were going to go get lunch. And he waved the cars for, uh, for you know, uh, giving him space because they were all lined up waiting for a red light going the other way. As he's waving, he didn't see a third turning lane. And boy, did we get T-boned. The car hit exactly where I was sitting. My nose goes up and down to this day. There's way more to that story, but that's so basically, I, I, I mean, days after I signed this ridiculous contract where I was going to make stupid money, Weeze almost killed me. And then uh, he didn't think I looked that bad, even though it was so obvious I had a really bad broken nose. Um, not, not bad enough for surgery or anything, and it's not really crooked. It just goes up and down on its own still. Uh, maybe tomorrow I'll even do it for you. You'll hear the clicks. That'll be fun. Um, but he talked me into going on the boat ride anyway, even though I had a horrendous headache and two black eyes. And honestly, I don't really remember the, the broken nose as much as, uh, having such a great, great time. And then fast forward a whole bunch of years. That's how, uh, my dad was taken out in a T-bone accident. I was fortunate because, uh, we had a, had a, one of those goddamn, uh, trucks that, uh, sat up really high. It was sort of like a pickup truck, but it had kind of like back seats but it wasn't like a pickup truck with the back seats. Uh, I forgot what kind of car he had. Jeez, I should remember. 
But if he had a, a car that was way lower to the ground, oh boy, the kid would be in trouble. Uh, famous last word, shit will buff out. No, there was no buffing out on this accident. The whole car went sideways pretty far and kind of rested up against a, um, a light pole. I was going to say a totem pole, a light pole. I don't know if we hit the actual pole, but it was pretty close. But all the tires were blown out because they had to go sideways. And tires aren't supposed to go sideways. And then uh, all the airbag, excuse me, airbags went off. And I can only speak for myself. I think that was the day I realized I didn't really care about my girlfriend at the time because all the airbags went off and it was like uh, it was like basically snowing in the car. And I saved myself. And she stayed in the back seat and had to figure her, her own way out. Man, if that happened today, I know for a fact I would be getting everybody out of the car. But back then, I'm like, you're on your own. So... The car was completely ruined, Rachel. Now I'm telling the story in uh, bits and pieces, but the car was ruined. And Weez uh, always knows a guy, made one phone call. We left the car there. It was just a complete mess. And another car shows up that was just as nice. And we took off for the boat and left the, the mess for somebody else. <laughs> How great is that? And then you ran into the homeless lady who wanted a piece of uh, the kid. She was uh, she was a, a crackhead for real. And I believe, and I might have told the story differently because I might have fucked up this line, but the crackhead lady looked at me with the broken nose that was swelling uh, in front of her face, and she said, wow, you look really bad. And I'm looking at her like, if she thinks I look really bad, I need a mirror immediately to see how bad this is. And then we famously said the opposite. He goes, ah, it doesn't look that bad, brah. Let's go boating. Oh, the wife. Shit, I got to go, Jamie. Wife's good, but that $50 copay is driving me nuts. She had rehab yesterday, and just like I thought, they gave her a bunch of exercises, like with a two-pound weight. She broke her shoulder in two places for the new people. And, uh, and the lady leaves the room. All right, do this, this, and this. I'll be back. Leaves the room. And then says, I'll see you in 10 days. And my wife's like, what? Because she, she doesn't want that frozen uh, shoulder thing. And then uh, the lady gives her all these exercises to do and says, you can look them up on the internet. And, I, and she tells me this in the car. And I'm like, so why do we need them? Just so they could get their $50 copay? So now she's, uh, she's doing rehab on her own at home, watching videos online. And I'm like, of course. And then for a broken shoulder in two places, like a really bad break that almost needed surgery. The, uh, I'm trying to curse less because I listen. I I, I uh, listen back to some of these in the car when I'm driving my wife to rehab and stuff to try to figure out if I, any of this stuff is good enough for the podcast. And I hear myself just cursing way too much, so I'm trying to not curse. But I'm going to make an exception right now. Fuck the insurance companies. They've decided that my wife only needs eight rehab appointments. For a double break in her shoulder. And then she goes to the rehab and the lady's like, here, do all this stuff and the videos are online. I wish our country could get together and at least admit that our uh, our health insurance is just an utter disgrace compared to the rest of the world. And that we should all get together and force these guys to figure it out in a way that makes everybody happy. Yeah, F insurance. No, fuck insurance. Yeah, she's trying to move Tommy Chesh. So she works hard, 
she's an expert, literally an expert at yoga. When you see these other people online, like celebrities and stuff, talking about their yoga and meditation, I and my wife want to fucking puke because it's become trendy to do yoga and meditate, but they, they don't know what the fuck they're doing, most of them, and they they act like they're experts at yoga and meditation. Amy Schumer, what? And others, Nikki Glazier, what? Shut up. People like my wife, they actually studied it for years, took courses, hardcore courses from people that started the movement in New York City a million years ago when no one even knew what yoga was. <laughs> a yoga expert, you lucky dog. So, you know, so with that, um, she'll do all right. She'll work hard and get that shit back together. I think that's it for today. I was going to explain my uh, my my feminism comment from yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I didn't make the mistake. I was going to say I made the mistake of saying I'm a feminist. And people lost their mind on YouTube. Uh, I've always respected women. And I know that confuses people because they think back at a lot of the stuff we did on the Opie and Anthony show. But for the most part, every one of those uh, women were willing participants um, I think women are, are equal to men, believe it or not, always have. I've always respected women. Uh, my mom brought me up the right way in that regard. So yesterday we were talking about some shit and YouTube because they're savages. I, I said, look, I'm a feminist. And they lost their minds. And then I panicked, like maybe I shouldn't have said I was a feminist. Uh, and then we had a little fun with that. It's all there if you want to listen to it. And then, um, after the, the live stream, I was talking to my wife, and uh, we looked up the definition of uh, being a feminist, and I'm a feminist. It just means you're, you believe that women are equal to men. That's all it is. Everyone else has spun that uh, feminism crap to be a bad thing, but uh, I respect my wife. I respect my mom. I respect my sisters, and more importantly, the most important, I think, I respect my daughter. When my daughter was born, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I want everything uh, to be possible for her that was possible for me. God, I'm stupid for thinking that after having a daughter. I uh, I will say it again. I'm a feminist. Yes. And I, I shouldn't have been ashamed for a couple minutes yesterday when I was doing this when I announced that. Because <laughs> it's a very simple definition. You just think women are equal to men. Oh, my God, is that a crazy thought? That's just dumb, right? Thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. And uh, we will be back tomorrow morning. Don't forget, guys, iPad stand should be outside my house today. And a microphone. Very exciting. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-